Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Good morning and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for the established church by established church leaders, Sam, Micah. My name is Josh. How are you guys? You always ask me and you just asked me on the last episode, which was like 30 minutes ago. 30 minutes ago. Well, you know, we need to check in with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Making sure you're good. It's Christian community and all that. I'm I'm one anothering you. Spurring you on to good works. (laughs) I don't don't like the way that sounds. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's the way it is. Take it up with Paul. So <laughs> we're going to do an episode unusual for um, for us. We've never done an episode on this, but uh, we talked about it last episode. But the idea is what are you excited about going on in your particular church? So we're going to actually talk about Second Baptist and Brainerd and West Bradenton and the things that we're working on or maybe we just completed and uh, kind of share some of those because I really do think – I believe this. I'm not saying this because I'm biased, although there's probably a good measure of bias in there. I think we're, we're, we're working on really cool things and we get excited about those things. We, we all are under advice from lots of other people and we mesh this all together and we pull off some really cool events and some fun sort of initiatives. And those are the things that I will often get hit up. Yesterday, actually got a direct message about something that our church was doing, and um, it came through the EST channels. So um, I know that our listeners are curious or interested in the things that are happening at our churches. So we just thought we would do an episode in which we're just going to kind of say, hey, so what's been going on? What do you like about it? So Sam, you want to start with uh, something recent that's happened and and it might spur a couple questions from Micah and I, and we'll just kind of move through and see what's going on and why do you like it? Maybe it'll give other people ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm in my fourth year here at West Bradenton, been here about mm-hmm. three and a half years. And um, I'm at that point where I think the settling and the shuffling has stopped. You know, I mean, people are coming, people are going, and, and that's this that always happens with new pastors and um, you know, I'm beginning to kind of people are really there with you know, hey, this is our pastor. He, you know, it's Sam. Um, they know me, and uh, they know my faults. Uh, the people that like me like me. The people that don't don't. I mean, I, I think I'm kind of at that point in my ministry now here, um, which means I'm just getting started, right? So um, now that I've, I've I've survived. You know the the terrible twos and the terrible threes that can often accompany ministry your second and your third year. Um, you know I'm 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 we're looking forward and I want to be careful about not being premature on saying things over uh, the uh, inter, over internet hinterland that my church has not heard. But I think by the time this um, airs, uh, I'll be mm-hmm. all right. And if if not, you know, ho- hey, the church members that listen, I'm West Bradenton. I love you. Kudos um, to you. you you might, yeah, you might get a little, if this airs too early and I don't have a chance to announce it, then uh, you might just get a little sneak preview and I might have to deal with the rumor mill, rumor mill afterwards. But 
Um, it's not a rumor if it's true. Well, it, here's the thing, and I've said this before. If you start the rumors, it's easier to control them. Um, controlled so, leaks. Controlled yeah, leaks. strategic leaks um, work very well in ministry. There's a little po- there's a little nugget for our listeners. Controlled leaks. Do you do you like? Okay, I know I'm. I am the rumor mill here. Yes, you do. I, you do controlled leaks. Right? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Mike Strategically, right yes. now he 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 may have ran somewhere, but I know we do. Micah, do you guys? Do strategic leaks, controlled leaks on news? I don't know that I do it intentionally. (laughs) You just got a big mouth. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I like to talk. So, I mean, I don't, nothing ever really gets to the platform for us to make a formal announcement until I've talked to a ton of people and Mm. and generally say to them, I don't mind if you talk to other folks about this because I want to hear feedback. Like if... If we're going to roll out an initiative or or something, I want to hear the possible feedback, good or bad, that's going to come. I'd love to hear it before we roll it out, if possible, so that I know mm. how to respond to it. So let, I use those a lot. Let me give you guys the strategic leak. Let's do it. Um, we have had a church approach us, and it's not going to be any secret to people who you know have been serving here. We've mm. had a church approach us about um, becoming part of West Bradenton and us merging or adopting them uh, mm-hmm. into our into a kind of our family. And uh, it's a it's a great um, opportunity for us to to launch a, a second campus, and so that'll cool. be happening. Yeah, it'll be happening here. Please tell me you're going to call it West Bradenton East, or actually, like another directional name at the actually end of the name Wait. of the church is no 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 the name of the church is Southside, so it's going to be West Bradenton Southside. So we'll oh, have perfect, to, awesome. Yeah, I we'll have it. to geographic. Uh, and I, I say that I, I assume that that's what the name will be. I I don't yeah. really know, but yeah. Southside Bradenton. Yeah, so it's uh, it's actually the the people there are have, you know they approached us they've been great, um it's been a very smooth process we've uh, we've had people preaching over there and leading worship and we've been doing ministry over there so cool so this is something this was a partnership that has long been in the making we you know we're already serving with them um and and then they just said hey I think we're gonna be better if we kind of basically dissolve the what we're doing as a church here and we become part of mm-hmm, West Bradenton. Mm-hmm. So it's um it's something we're not I don't believe in poaching on churches. I hate I hate it when larger churches poach on smaller churches. Poachers. Um, it yeah, but but it's an it's an opportunity for us to to be a good neighbor. They're two miles away, so it's pretty easy uh, mm-hmm. for people to go back and forth and serving back and forth. They're in a completely different part of town. They're close to downtown, but um, we're going to be able to the, that area of the community is uh, thirty to forty percent Hispanic, um, so we've got a bilingual preacher over there right now. Hopefully, grow that ministry. Um, it's uh, we're not going to stop doing our Hispanic ministry here at this campus, but we look to do more over there. So it's you know it's it's really exciting part of uh, of ministry right now. Um, if you're a West Brandon member and you're listening to this, and I have not made the formal announcement yet, hey, just keep that to yourself. Um, yeah, and I say that knowing that you won't, so it's okay. <laughs> Well, this episode will air like in five weeks, so you got uh, you got quite a, a window there to actually, you know, share it. So hopefully you do. Yeah, we we went through um, a facility audit. Tim Cool helped us with that. Um, He's so and, cool. Uh, let me tell you, Cool Solutions Group is top notch. I'll give him a little plug. Um, so he's he's helped us. Uh, so we did a facility audit. Um, we've done a um, you know spiritual audit of the congregation. They're they're wonderful people. Um, we've done, um, our financial audit and, uh, we're right in the middle of legal right now, just making sure that, you know, everything is, is kosher. So a lot, a lot, a lot of T's to cross and I's to dot. Of course. 
Um, we just finished a couple of things that I'm really, really proud about. In fact, I'm I'm a little just I'm trying to think, and I'll have like a little team powwow to try to figure this out. One of the things that churches do to their detriment is you have all this buildup. You're real excited about the thing that you're doing, and then you you launch it, you do it, you know, the initiative or the event or whatever, and then it's successful, but you don't celebrate. Um, you don't like you don't actually say, hey. This is what we did. Like we had all of that buildup. So we had two. This last weekend was a big deal for us. Uh, the first one is what we call the drop and uh, not the first one to do this. But obviously we rent a helicopter and then we drop some eggs onto a, um, into a field. The kids run out there. They get the eggs. It was amazing. It's the first time I've ever been to one of these. It's so well done. Stephanie Crockett, our kids minister in Ainsley, um, the assistant kids minister, um, are amazing at this, at planning these events. And then they just had an amazing team with them, of course. Um, it was a, it was just really cool. It, it, it doesn't cost nearly what people would assume it cost. And uh, we ended up – we dropped 10,000 eggs out of a helicopter, had 40,000 eggs already on the field. We moved it to the high school field. Um, Fantastic had about 2,500 guests there. That uh, we got their information. We did it two weeks before Easter so that we could follow up with them, encourage them. There were three new families at least that we could um, confirm were, were you know, guests at the drop, came to church yesterday. Um, so that was exciting, really cool. Um, it's, it's just something that happens in our community. Um, it, it works out with all the factors that we want to do. And then on top of that, the thing that kind of got – I don't know, overshadowed by the drop was what we call Feed the Need, which is just a one-day food drive is really what it's called. Um, the area church is something our church, um, Patrick Henry, our XP, started last year or the year before, I think. And uh, essentially, the area churches are partnered up with um, grocery stores. So we had a particular Kroger here in town that was our particular grocery store. And then there are little list of what the the food pantry needs and then a big huge box truck we had a, like a semi trailer truck out there and you go in you buy that stuff you come you bring it out they sort it right there on spot and then uh, kind of package it all up there were 25,000 I don't have that number in front of me 25,000 pounds of food um, collected throughout the area churches and this is like one to three o'clock so when you are 11 to three yeah 11 to three so when you think about it like a five-hour food drive, 25,000 pounds of food across our city. Um, so very, very proud of what our church did. Apparently, I haven't got the number yet, but Second Baptist really kind of showed out and did what we do and uh, just collected a ton of food and was so proud as a pastor. Can't tell you how proud. We have three services. So after the third service, obviously, my sons and I went down to the Kroger and we were walking around with our little list and uh, you know putting our bags together and the place was crawling crawling with uh, Second Baptist folks, the second family call it. And um, they were everywhere. So fun just to see them, see the kids, you know, high fives. And they're running around picking out which pudding packs they're going to put in the in the box. And so really enjoyed it. Mm. Loved loved both aspects of the Snack weekend. packs. Mm. <laughs> pudding. It's getting close to lunchtime. I, need, I had some I pudding. I had one of those little pudding <laughs> packages yesterday. Gosh, it was good. But oh, so man, you know what? We have oatmeal cream pies at the house and oh, I- glory. I didn't pack one for lunch. I love those things. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we did something last night that I am unbelievably excited about. We Tell had, us about it. Yeah. So this is really remarkable. We'll be showing videos and pictures of it on our social media feeds. I'd, I'd love for folks to check it out. We called it the Global Collective. 
And uh, we invited, um, I was on the platform. We invited a friend of mine who's an imam from Nashville. If you guys remember after 9-11, when the Murfreesboro Mosque was national news, they were building a mosque. There was a lot of anger and resistance. Mm -hmm. The imam of the Murfreesboro Mosque is a friend of mine. Only now he's the imam over the largest mosque in Nashville. And uh, so we invited him to be here. And then uh, a rabbi from a, a, a Jewish congregation here in Chattanooga, all three came. We gave each of the le uh, faith leaders about 10 minutes to kind of walk through their faith. So the imam spoke, then the rabbi spoke, and then I got about 10 minutes to walk through the gospel. I didn't draw on the board or anything, but I actually used the three circles was basically the model I used. And so I oh, just cool. walked through yeah. the three circles. And... Um, and then we allowed the the audience to text message questions in, and we answered them. It wasn't a worship service. It wasn't in our in our sanctuary or anything like that. It was it was just a really interesting in, in evening, and we invited the Jewish and Muslim communities to come. We did a fellowship kind of finger food fellowship afterwards, and we had veggie and fruit trays. But then we also hired a, a Jewish caterer to to provide kosher snacks, and then we hired a Muslim caterer to provide halal uh, snacks for the community that was there. I didn't know how it was going to go. We had a few folks in our church who were concerned about it, worried that, you know, that uh, we were platforming uh, maybe a Muslim leader or Jewish leader, that sort of thing. And and so there was a little resistance. But by and large, our church was really receptive. And I didn't know, though, how many people were going to come. What was the atmosphere going to be? It, it, I'm an optimist, so nothing ever exceeds my at my expectations. I've always got these huge expectations, and I'm always constantly sort of deflated. And, and uh, yesterday, my expectations were really low, and it just blew my expectations out of the water. We... Our, our room can hold about 650, and that's how many people we had there. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we were just shy of 650 people there. It packed the room out. In fact, if we do it again, we're planning to do it again next year. We'll have to rent a venue to do it next year. Um, we had 165 questions text messaged into us. We only were able to answer seven in the 45 minutes or so that we had, had time to answer them. And uh, so the interest was high. Our people were great. Afterwards, we had well over half the people stay for the finger foods and all of that. And we told them the main one of the main reasons for the finger foods was so that Christians, Jewish and Muslim people in the community could get to know one another. And, uh, you know, we told our church the reasons we're doing this. There's a few reasons we're doing that. Number one, 78 percent of evangelicals, brand new research just came out last week, uh, last month. Seventy eight percent of evangelicals say they rarely or never have engagement with people in the Muslim community. Um, that's a problem. We want to provide opportunities. We want to show and share the love of Jesus. And this gave us an opportunity to show and share the love of Jesus. We had, I'm guessing around 150 or so members of the Jewish and Muslim community that were there as a part of it last night, many of whom got to see us be hospitable and gracious, which evangelicals aren't always well known for among people who don't believe like we do. And, uh, and I got to share the gospel with a bunch of folks who had never heard it before. And so that was exciting too. And, uh, and, and then we earned incredible credibility with the Muslim and Jewish communities. I had so many leaders, uh, leader of the Jewish Federation, multiple Muslim leaders who came up and said, in fact, I had a Muslim man. He said, he said, I'm a Muslim man. He said, this is the most hopeful thing I've been a part of in multiple decades. And, mm -hmm. uh, we've just earned credibility with the Muslim community and the Jewish community. The, the leader of the Jewish Federation said, please come in my office. We're so encouraged by your church. I'd love to get to know you better. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, it really, I had multiple senior adults tell me it was the best thing they've seen our church do in years. And wow. so it was really encouraging to be a part of it. And it was just a home run. And we've had a tough few months at our church. It's been a hard time, a hard season for us. And uh, we needed we needed a win like this. And so it was it was really encouraging. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's a lot of cool because, you know, it's hard for people to listen to whom they think is an enemy. Yeah, but if they right. believe that you're a friend, then that's they will right. listen to you and uh, – He's absolutely right. Um, that Islamic friend of yours is absolutely right to say it's the most hopeful thing he's heard in a while because 
Well, and he heard the hope. You know, the other reality is, uh, first of all, as I told our church, those of us who believe that Christ is the hope, we ought to be the most hospitable and gracious people in the world to people who disagree with us because we believe that we want them to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. Uh, beyond, beyond that, though, the Bible is pretty clear that even if they are enemies, which they're not, Muslims mm -hmm. are not our enemies, Jews are not our enemies, many of them are my good friends. Uh, but even if they were there, our enemies, the Bible's clear that we ought to be kind and gracious well, and loving yeah. to those who are enemies and evangelicals have not done a good job. Beyond that, a good friend of mine, a mentor, Bob Roberts, he told me years ago, he said, Michael, if you want to learn more about Islam, don't read a book by a white guy written about Islam, which of course then I published a book last year as a white guy about Islam. <laughs> but he said, don't, guys. yeah, two white guys, Keith and I both, Whitfield and I edited it. Yeah, but he said, go meet some Muslims and get to know them. And so I got to know some imams. I started eating dinner with some Muslims and I would go to the Friday prayer services at the mosque. Of course, I didn't participate. I would sit in the back and just, it was educational for me to get to know them and learn. And um, it changed the way I viewed and engaged the Muslim community. And, uh, and here's what people don't realize. I have had hundreds of opportunities to share my faith with those in the Muslim community, both in the U.S. and overseas. I would estimate over 90% of those times I've done so at their request. Mm -hmm. When I've started from a posture of humility and learning, asking them to share with me what they believe, constantly there's reciprocation where they say, now, can you please tell me what you believe? Mm -hmm. I'd be glad to do mm -hmm. so. And so when we host an event like that where we show respect and we – and we um, and we affirm our love for those in the Jewish and Muslim communities who we disagree with profoundly. And I said that during the event last night. I said, look, we believe fundamentally different things. One of the questions that was asked to all three religious leaders was, what do you believe about hell and who goes there? And I said, uh, we believe that heaven and hell are, is very real. And anyone who is apart from Christ, I walked through how all of us deserve hell. The only ones who don't go to hell are those who are given the gift of salvation. But I mean, ultimately, on the platform with religious leaders, I said, if you don't believe this, we do believe you're going to hell. I mean, we were very clear about the distinctions in our faith, but mm -hmm. we could do so in a kind, loving, and gracious manner where we show respect to them as individuals created in the image of God, deeply loved by him, show them that we love and respect and value them. I just think the church has got to assume a different posture toward people who disagree with us. I think you're exactly right. Let me share real quickly about the daily discipleship guide. Small groups typically meet once a week. But life happens every day. That's why Lifeway created the Daily Discipleship Guide. This new addition to the Bible Studies for Life curriculum is used at a weekly meeting to help generate discussion. But it also contains five daily devotions to reinforce the learning all week long. This consistent time in God's Word helps create the habit of daily Bible reading and is essential behavior for growing disciples. Download four free sessions of the Daily Discipleship Guide at BibleStudiesForLife.com slash DDG. That's BibleStudiesForLife.com slash DDG. Our church uses the Daily Discipleship Guide for a different curriculum. It's also created by LifeWay, but it is very good. And um, our members enjoy it. I enjoy it as well. I, I enjoy knowing that our members are in the same text through the week that we use. It. Hey, that's a different topic. By the way, do either of you guys ever use Gospel Project at your churches? Yes, we have. I've we used have. it at two, two different churches, actually. Well, the, re the reason I'm asking, I'm a big Gospel Project fan, but this past uh, edition of the Teenage Gospel Project was written by our youth pastor here at Brainerd. Oh, so wow. Cool. A little plug for Shaq. I like that. Yeah, Very much good like that a lot. Um, Sam, you talked about something in the future. What's the most recent sort of win that you've had that um, was kind of fun? And then we'll bounce back to us about something that we're working on. Coming you know, anytime, anytime I hear something about the future, mm -hmm. I just want to um, sing that Conan O'Brien song in the year 2000. Um, if you guys remember that skit at all. I'm already asleep way from, before Conan O'Brien. Yeah, I don't remember that skit. Unfortunately. Man, it was, listen, go to YouTube. It's from the 90s. 
Um, <laughs> it is it is glorious. Um, and there there will be there may be a handful of listeners that know what I'm talking about, and and right. and um, they're the cool ones. Uh, so yeah, we um we, we're actually doing a renovate, we're doing a renovation right now. Yeah. Um, so it's uh it's a one and a half million dollar project in the church. Um, we're not building any new buildings, but we're renovating our existing buildings and uh, building some common area. Our um our foyer, our uh, commons area before the foyer, the, yeah, <laughs> the narthex. With, with our, uh, b- before it was um before we started renovating was about the size of your home entryway, mm-hmm. uh, which it was just tiny. I mean, it was, mine's just fit. under fifteen hundred square feet. Is that what you're talking about? Your entryway is 1,500 square feet? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Some people think that about my house. I think you're preaching a different gospel than, my, than, than the one I'm preaching. You should see my tennis shoes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I know that's a thing now, I'm preacher just, sneakers. I'm just uh, we should have an episode on preacher sneakers. It's fascinating. Yes. It's like a – I don't know what it's like. It's like a reality TV show. You just watch it. I didn't know any of those those friends. Um, I cannot word, imagine spending – a thousand dollars on sneakers i could but they wouldn't be as ugly as those sneakers that are on that (laughs) and i'm wondering if micah even knows what we're talking about i know exactly what you're talking about i don't know that i've ever spent a hundred dollars on a pair of shoes to be honest with you i have for i have for running shoes because uh, you know i run yeah i mean if they're if they're very special i mean uh yeah i don't think i've ever gotten up to 100 but i could see it on running shoes but we were joking. Our staff was going to, you know, mock up. If you've seen this preacher sneaker Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. There's a picture of the person wearing them, preaching or sitting thoughtfully in a coffee shop or something like that. And then on the side is is the, the clip of how much those cost on a bidding website, by the way. So, they could be much more if you play retail. Um, we were going to mock these up, but with our sneakers, like the ones I'm wearing right now are like 15 bucks because I got them at the outlet mall and they were clearance at the outlet mall. So, they were $15 and so we were going to mock this up, but just be the opposite side, like Kohl's cash and all that kind of stuff, the way that we buy our shoes. So, we thought that was going to be pretty funny. So, uh, you were talking about your foyer. Oh, yeah. You know, now I'm actually, I did a bad thing. I, I got online and um, went to this Instagram account. <laughs> Preachers. preachers, it's preachers plural. Preachers in Preacher. preachers in sneakers, and yeah, um, it's funny. I think it's funny. Um, I, listen, I, people I, I are think mad about it though. You know, I, you know what? Sides. You know, people don't have a sense of humor. I am sorry if you were on the with, with some, with the way that some of these so-called preachers look on the stage. Mm-hmm. They deserve to be ridiculed. If you are wearing three thousand dollars sneakers while you preach, mm-hmm. y- you get what you deserve. I'm Unless sorry. it was a gift. My thing is, if you buy something like that, you want to be seen. So, yeah, well, okay, you're even if going okay, to let's, be seen. No, no, that's, listen, that's listen. I'm not idea. faulting some. Listen, I'm not fault. We are completely off topic, but I don't care. I'm not faulting somebody for going out and buying a three thousand dollar pair of sneakers if that's what you want to do. I mean, sure, fair enough. I mean, if you, if you know, if your church has blessed you in that way, whatever. I'm just saying, you deserve the ridicule. I mean, you can't you can't get on stage least, and wear yeah, yeah and wear like the one I'm looking at right now, six thousand dollar bright red sneakers. And have so people be like, so "That's normal. That, that's yeah. not normal." I mean, you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna get ridiculed. I'm sorry, and you deserve it. And I'm not faulting you for having them, whatever. But you know what? I'm gonna make fun of you, and and yeah. and that's what you get for for buying those sneakers. So, what about your foyer? Yeah, back to the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like saying foyer. 
Go ahead. Yeah, uh, and this other guy's wearing tuxedo pants. Oh my weird! What, Son, what, you're gonna have to get back on top. They look Everybody like un- Gucci tuxedo pants. They look like they're leggings. What is this guy doing? I don't know. Oh my word! Okay, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do a whole episode on the way preachers dress. We can do. It. Um, so yeah, we're we're renovating the church. It's uh, it's really an exciting time for our church. We're a third of the way through our capital campaign. We're halfway through the cash collected that we need. Um, so the debt will be very minimal. I'm very proud of our church. Um, we've, uh, we've also done a lot on our own. So we've got Costco. I got to put in a design for and they got to change their name. I know that it's, it's not Costco. It's Costco churchdesign.com. You got to check them out. If you're doing a building project, thinking about a building project, they're one of the best. We've had an incredible relationship with them. They've been very good to us. Um, but we're also doing a lot on our own because of church facility, and we've joked about this on the podcast, the church facility hadn't been touched in 30 years, 40 years, 50 years in certain spots. Mm-hmm. So, it was just time to start um, to start renovating. And the way that we paid for this is um, everybody sold their sneakers um, and we raised <laughs> all of the money that we needed. It was absolutely a movement of God. Uh, we, we gave our sneakers to the Lord. I mean, we put them on eBay. I mean, some people's sneakers were selling for five, $6,000. It was just truly a Holy Spirit moment. This so it's kind of gotten your corral right now. It's just, it's just, you know, you know, again, again, I'm not, I'm not that upset about it. You know that, okay, let's say, let's say maybe one of these guys drives like a jalopy car and he's like, I would rather drive a two, I would, I want a $2,000 car and $3,000 sneakers. And that's what I spend my money on. You know, that's okay. I'm just saying, if you get on stage with that stuff. I am going to make fun of you. I'm not going to say something. I'm not going to fault you for having them, but I am going to make fun of you. So, switching gears a little bit here, Micah, you shared something that you did previously. Where do you, what's something that you were thinking of, like y'all are working on, something that is in the future? Yeah. So, we are, um, we're, we're really excited. Obviously, we moved to a multi-campus model um, a couple years ago and uh, we're working towards the launch of our next campus. It'll launch in 2020. And uh, we're um, it'll, it'll be a downtown campus, which will hopefully focus on reaching college students. We've seen just a tremendous influx of college students. Um, in fact, we've we've seen about 10 percent of our church become college students just since August. And so, I mean, it's been a large number of college students. We pull college. We pull students from seven colleges and universities. And uh, but the big one is University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, UTC, uh, downtown. Go Mox. And so. Um, and so, um, uh, the home of Terrell Owens, by the way, T.O. from, uh, mm. from, uh, love him, uh, man, hate him. Yeah, I know exactly. I don't hate him. <laughs> um, and so, um, so we're planning on a downtown campus that's close to, uh, you know, that's close to the UTC campus and, UTC. uh, gives it hopefully walkable access to college students. Mm-hmm. And, uh, our college ministry is just really booming right now. We had, College. We have a college ministry worship service on Sunday nights called the Tent, and uh, they had a worship night last night. And I, I haven't seen the count yet, but I'm guessing 150 college students were there for that worship service last night, which is awesome. Uh, which we're really, really excited about. And so That's we, cool. we, uh, one of our, we had two youth pastors, and we moved one of them to become our college pastor, and he will be the campus pastor of our downtown campus. And he's nice. Just, his name is Will Campbell, and he is amazing. You, you guys are going to get to know who he is because I think you're going to hear more from him in the future. He's an incredibly good preacher, very gifted. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's coming. We're really excited. You taught him about everything it. he knows. Well, I, he, he grew up a pastor's kid, so mm-hmm. I, I can't claim that. But he's, a, but he's a really, really good guy. UTC is such a cool college. It's, it's almost as really cool as UCA. Cool <laughs> Bear claws up. Bear claws up. I love my little college here. Uh, 12,000 students. I love them. Um, 
for us, future stuff is super boring, but uh, maybe boring for other people, super exciting for me, probably exciting for you guys as well. Our new uh, ministries pastor has been working on um, a holistic discipleship approach to say, when we say we make disciples, what does that mean? What are we doing actually to make disciples? And it's really kind of geared into our across the board, cradle to grave, uh, small group curriculum, how the small groups, discipleship groups, et cetera, one-on-one discipleship um, builds into the making of disciples here. And um, we've just sort of embraced Explore the Bible and Disciples Path. And so kind of fitting those two things together, particularly in our church and our rhythms, like you were talking about in the previous episode, Micah. Um, So putting all of that together in a handbook that has stages. um, So like, here's the minimum requirements. This is just like, I mean, if you want to lead a small group, this is just the base requirements. Super easy. Anybody just about can do it. And then going deeper with those small groups, because we know some will want to, and we're going to encourage everybody to. So I'm pumped about that. I really am. I think he's smart. I'm excited. This was totally something that he came up with, something that he's doing. I'm really excited to see that. Also, our executive pastor has been working on, I I don't know exactly, an initiative strategies for really, um, you know, getting our church to think that um, the financial aspect of things is is a part of your discipleship. And a lot of times churches kind of stray completely away talking about money, those sort of things. We don't. We talk about it like I think you should because it's part of your discipleship. And so really kind of identifying who's not giving and then encouraging them to give aspects of, you know, avenues of giving, those sort of things, just taking some of those barriers down and really thinking through it. We don't think those people are bad. We don't think that they're mean or stingy or anything like that. We think that for a large part, they just either do not know or, or or the methods of us receiving gifts are not really aligning with their lifestyle. You know, like the old adage, if your church only collects offerings through a plate, well, anybody around my age, I never, ever, ever carry cash, ever. And I also cannot tell you where my checkbook is. I have no idea where that checkbook is. So if that's <laughs> the only methodology for giving at your church, I'm just not going to accidentally give. I'm not going to opportunistically give. Um, so we want to create more of those avenues. And he's really working on that. So I think I think those are exciting things, behind the scenes sort of things that nobody's really going to ever see out front. But we all know that those two things, your small groups and your giving, really affect, I mean, geez, a lot. I mean, they, they affect a lot. So I'm excited about those coming up. Yeah, we've got a um, we we've got an initiative. We're going to be switching church management software systems. Ooh, so fun! Oh, there is nothing more thrilling than researching <laughs> CHMS. Oh my gosh, I'm with you. But and I'm, there's I'm some, also I, being incredibly sarcastic. But yeah, um, as a defender of those who are putting out the products, though, we're very grateful that you are nerds and uh, you're able to create these things because you do make our lives easier. We love it. I just wish there was a little bit more standard communication. Some talks. Um, that's exciting, but that's all the time we have for today. I need to tell our listeners about an incredibly good, uh, um, podcast out there. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, Sam, Mike, it's called Rainer on leadership. Whoa. uh, Yeah. I've heard that name before. Jonathan Howe, um, the voice. Uh, if you've listened to Rainer on leadership with John, Tom Rainer, AKA daddy and Jonathan Howe recently, 
That part. was just weird, man. That was just weird. <laughs> I, I am it's sorry. Not weird I'm going to say the daddy part. I am going to jump in. AKA dad. We, we actually have kind of a joke in our family mm-hmm. about that word daddy. And it, it just, it means, it, anyway, um, I do not call my father that and yeah. I never will. Yeah. Um, I, I don't and, allow my kids to do it either. They and, can't say daddy. And, they can't say mommy. We don't let and, them do that. And, and, but next time you see my father, Josh, please just look at him. And just say, "Sweet Daddy, it's good to see you." Sweet and daddy. and he will and I'm gonna and, scream and, and, and from I'm, across the convention and run. And he will him. probably punch you in the face. <laughs> um. So anyway, let me read this spot because I do love uh, Rainer on leadership. And so Rainer on leadership with Tom Rainer and Jonathan Howe um, as part of the Lifeway Podcast Network family, which we are. They've recently covered re- relevant topics like seven habits of a highly effective preachers, eight church fights that are are fading, which I thought was interesting because they talked about music and stuff, and four thoughts on ordination. Just look up Rainer on leadership on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Great podcast. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to theirs, subscribe to ours, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.